Hello. Welcome to Remember When. I'm Ed Higgins, your host for this edition. UMGA-TV and the King of Prussia Historical Society are continuing this series as an oral history project of life and community in Upper Marion Township. In their own words, we want the people who lived the history of the township to tell us about that history. This edition features Patricia Haggerty. Patricia recalls her fond memories of meeting her husband and life in Upper Marion in the 1960s. She also talks about her involvement with Lafayette Ambulance. Let's sit back and listen to Patricia Haggerty, Remember When. This is Patricia Haggerty, originally from Bryn Mawr, and your maiden name was? Gordon, G-O-R-D-E-N, okay. Geiler. So it's Patricia Gordon Geiler. Okay. And I was born in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Oh, I thought you said you were from Bryn Mawr, or is that where you That's grew up? That's where I lived for a couple of years after we got married. I see. And you married? Arthur Haggerty. And he's, Mr. Haggerty is still with us? Yes. He was there when we walked in the door, I Yes. Think. And you moved into Upper Marion Township? Well, let me start, okay, if I may. Uh, I was born in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, September the, the 18th, 1930. And I was Patricia Gordon Geiler at that time. My mother was from Bryn Mawr. My father was a surgeon, and he was graduated from Hunnaman Hospital in Philadelphia. And then they got together and so forth. And so I lived in Wilkes-Barre for 13 and a half years. And my father was a member of the 109th Field Artillery. So once a year, he used to invite the members out to the place that we had. We had an old barnyard. And uh, they would come out. They had huge um, metal things, and they cooked clams and corn. And of course, there was beer. So then, anyway, uh, from Wilkes-Barre, my parents were divorced. And we moved to Wayne. And we moved to a couple of different locations in Wayne. And I left Wilkes-Barre when I was halfway through my ninth grade of school. And then I went to Radnor. And I was at Radnor for, I guess it was three and a half years, graduating in 1948. And then the first job I ever had was with accountants, William E. Howe and Company of Philadelphia. And the second job I had was as secretary to a lawyer, and that was on Walnut Street in Philadelphia. And then the third job I had, I was secretary to the president of Valspar Paint Company, which is, at that time had some of its offices in the bank building in Ardmore. So anyway, then from that, well, while I guess I was still going to do the accountants, I met my husband. And I was secretary there, and he came in for a job. And that's where I met my husband. He was from Bryn Mawr. So anyway, then from there, of course, it took a while, but we got married in 1955, June the 25th, right? 1955. And then 
We were at Broadlawn Apartments in Bryn Mawr for two years, and then from there we moved out here. And the reason we bought this house was we liked the house, but there was no basement in other houses. In other words, this is one of the two remaining properties that had a full basement. So that was that, and then from there as we move on, we had four children, all girls. And the oldest is Joe, J-O. The second is Sandra Louise. The third is Tim, Kim Inez. And the fourth, oh, I'm wrong on that. Tracy was the third and Kim was the fourth. And Kim is the one that's a minister. So then from there, I guess it was, I don't know how many years, but anyway, I got involved with William E. Howe and Company, and as I said, with art. 1957, we moved in here, and 1962, I got involved with Lafayette Ambulance. And how I got involved with them was, I had four daughters, and I had all of them on an escalator in the new Wanamakers. That, and one of my four daughters reached over the side of the escalator and I don't know whether you would remember this. I don't know whether any of you would. But there was a great big round plastic disc or something okay. hanging down from the ceiling. Well, my daughter decides she wants to go over and touch it. So she starts leaning over the side. And I grabbed her by the back of the clothes, pulled her back, and I got off that elevator, and I shook. <laughs> it was so close. So then... Um, where Lafayette, I then went and I decided I wanted to have some first aid. So at that same time too, Lafayette was forming. Lafayette was formed in January the 24th, 1962. So I came with Lafayette Ambulance about uh, three months later. It was maybe June or April, right in there. And one who pushed me into joining was Margaret Krauss. She's deceased now. But she taught many, many, all sorts of first aid classes. Of course, that time you didn't have EMTs and you didn't have paramedics. And so anyway, let me see where we go from there. You joined Lafayette. Yes, we joined Lafayette. And then Peggy Krauss talked me into joining the ambulance as I said, and uh, then we just clicked, I guess you'd say. But anyway, at the first time, I never did any of the first aid bit because I became the corresponding and recording secretary of the ambulance. Excellent. I paid all the bills and I put all the money in the bank for four and a half years of my reign because one of the higher ups called and said, we can't read his writing. So they asked me to do that. So I did that part of it for four and a half years. And then when my youngest daughter married and was living out in California and was pregnant, I decided it was the right time to quit. So I quit as corresponding secretary mm -hmm. only and then went out to California and uh, that was great out there. And I have put my feet in the Atlantic. Well, when I was out there, I put my feet into the Pacific. Great. 
ocean, you might say. So then where the Lafayette Ambulance is concerned, there's so much I could tell you. Uh, there was a woman named Eleanor Fluke, F-L-U-K-E, and she had a printing company, and she lived down near Edgewood Road, somewhere down near the Gulf. So for several years, she printed all the stuff we did. And then at that time, there were, of course, lots of members of the ambulance squad have died, but many a membership drive of Upper Marion Township I did by off that dining room table down there. And I had all volunteers helping me. And that was a great time. It really was. And then when it came time to mail it, why well, I had to get help from people because the post office, so many in a bag, that's all you're allowed. So you'd have to count it all out and all that sort of stuff. So then that was taken care of. And then, let's see. All I know is that it was just time for me to slow down. How long were you with the ambulance? From 1962, I still am. I'm the historian of Lafayette Ambulance right now. So you're and still active? Yes. After as 42 far, not, years? At, not active as far as riding on the ambulance. But I, I don't know whether you call me active or not, because uh, Bob Kretzik, of course, he's the president of Lafayette Ambulance now, and I had all this stuff. There was one time I had a problem with my foot, and I had to be off my feet for weeks. So that's when I started tackling the, the uh, membership things and filling those up. And uh, I gave back to the ambulance four albums all acid-free paper, everything. And I labeled them and all as much as I could. So then I, you know, it's very odd, I suppose, but I was never quite sure who I should turn these into, it, where I would know that somebody was keeping them and protecting them, you know, and that kind of thing. So Ed has finally got them. He's had them for quite a while now. And he has promised me a copy of them, but I don't have it yet. And I have one I'm working on right now. Another book. Yes. But, oh, I, I found a book in my drawers down there. When we first started with Lafayette Ambulance, we charged people $2. $2. $2 per. membership. Yep. And that's, of course, way on, look what they charge now. Are you still a member? Oh, I'm a lifetime member, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, you have any questions? Certainly, certainly. What are your fondest memories of the ambulance company? I used to do all the outside trimming of the bushes and all that stuff across the front of the property. And we had bushes in the, down the side, which is yanked now. We have macadam there. You know, but I went out and I used to... I had a pair of electric garden shears, and I wanted to cut some of these bushes back. So here I am with my pair of garden shears, and I cut this bush, and I cut myself real quick between these two fingers. I was bleeding like a stuck bee, and Peggy Krauss was on duty that day, 
So she comes out and she just gets a piece of gauze and puts it in there and wraps it up. I don't have a, star, a scar from that today. There you go. Yeah. Good. If you'd like to be a guest, contact us at Upper Marion Township, 175 West Valley Forge Road, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, 19406. Or email us at info at umtownship.org. Were you, did you ever uh, take first aid training? Oh, yes, many times. And did you ever have to use it? Uh, let me see. As far as the, I don't think so, really. Mm -hmm. And I've taken CPR for a lot of years, too. Not now, but I used to. And did your daughters all move away from here? Well, let's see. The oldest is in Mountainside, New Jersey. The second one went to China, and she's adopted two Chinese girls. Ooh. And, oh, they're terrific. And one of them is as different as the other one. The one is very dark hair, quiet. And the other one is a little more wiry, but, oh, they're great children. And then the third one, Tracy, that she and her husband built a house out in Harleysville. So, and they have a son, Christopher. And so he's out there. And then Kim has a daughter and her husband, and they're in Montana, Michigan. And the first one, she had two, the oldest one, she had two sons that were Ryan and Bobby. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. That's great. The, um, uh, the work that you were doing before you married, did you quit working and just become a, uh, a mom at home? Or did you continue to work? No. Once I got pregnant with the first child, that was it. And I worked as long as I could at that. And the, the uh, president and the vice president of that firm were both, of course, Valspar people. But I was secretary to both of them. And I had my own office. But they had said to me, you stay here. No matter what, you are secretary to the two of us. Well, I know there was resentment because some of the other girls would be working so doggone hard, they wouldn't have had, you know, I felt I should do something. So I went out there a couple of times to try to take some of the work away from it. They wouldn't let me. And then another thing too is Art and I were married at Villanova on the campus. And I was the very first person of a mixed, how can I say this? In other words, um, mixed marriage or what? My husband was Catholic. I was not. I was Episcopalian. But I was the first one that was allowed inside Villanova up to the altar. Were you to the be first non-Catholic right. to be married there? Right. Well, it certainly must have stuck because you've been married a good long time now. If I last until... Let me see. Until... Um, September the 18th. September the 18th. 50 years will be for me pretty soon. My goodness. And most of that time living here in Upper Marion Township. Since 1967. Tell me how the neighborhood has changed. Oh, my. We were here. And then after we were here, they went up and did the section 
at the top of Hanson Road that goes off to the circle. Right. That was the second one. Then all this development was pretty well filled. And next door, of course, was the Chuck Volpe home. And then at one point, the Norview Farm. You remember the Norview Farm? Sure. Well, Art was cutting grass one day, and something came into the house and said, Pat, I said, get on the phone and ask the township what is going on. The whole corner up there where the cows used to graze, it was filled with all these sticks, like uh, checking out property lines and all that sort of stuff. And they were doing some drilling. So they had a drill. I think it was Yerkes Engineering. And it went down, and the drill bit came off the clip and banged into a he into one of the workmen. Oh. Yeah. Was and they, he seriously injured? He was hurt, yeah. Well, you mean what have I seen has changed? Especially with the everything, mall. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. With the mall. And I was the one that set up that mall for emergency ambulance service. Tell me about that. Well, they wanted something that they could have a couple volumes of it because they wanted to put one in each ambulance, right? So I went and I had the whole thing all laid out, all designed out. And besides the name, you have to remember that they also had numbers. All of the to stores. To each store. So it was kind of a difficult thing to do, but. And then another thing that one of our members did, who's now deceased, he made up a sort of like a directional thing, telling you to what road you need to go to find another road, that kind of thing. Oh, mapping out the best way mapping to get. Mapping out the best way to get emergency ambulance to a property. That's yes. amazing. That's amazing. Yes. So I'll tell you, when I finally decided to get rid of some of this stuff, and take it back to the ambulance, I felt like I had cleaned house. Have you been involved in other activities here in the township besides Lafayette? Oh, Girl Scouts. Got involved in churches, Christmas bazaars. What church was that? MDP. Oh? Yep, and for two years. Did you convert to Catholicism? Yes. That was another interesting thing, too, because the priest who converted me, his name was Father Hennessy. He's the one who married Art and I. And when we had our 25th wedding, or yeah, 25th wedding anniversary, he came down and came in, and I was so happy to see him. And then he then His brother was the chief of police of Bradner not long ago, Maurice. And he converted you to Catholicism? I went four and a half months of instruction at their home base, which is on Montrose Avenue. And so when all of this was over and everything, and we were finally ending it, I said to Father, I said, Father, here's what I believe, here's what I don't believe, and here's what might come with time. But oh, we, he was red and practically crying. Uh, great man, great man. And then you were a parishioner of, of Mother MDP. of MDP. Yeah. Were you involved in other activities there? Uh, Jessica's Bazaar, I think. Mm -hmm. And when, when MDP was built, our family donated a pew. 
Oh, so you have a pew named after you in the church. I don't think they're marked. I don't think each one is marked, but we're on the plaque that hangs on the wall. And when is you that first where come into the church? Is that where the Girl Scouts were centered? Oh no. Peggy Krauss, the solar woman I talked about from Bridgeport. She had an absolutely terrific uh, following. Girl Scout troop upon Girl Scout troop. And she had to think of all these things to do to keep the girls busy. Were, you, were your daughters in Girl Scout troops that, that she was involved with? No, we were involved with Girl Scouts, but not through her. Okay. I found a picture that shows my daughter and another daughter shaking hands with one of the policemen, the police chiefs in later years. I think it was Dunleavy. Would that be right? It might well be, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's in her brownie uniform and the other girl was in her scout uniform or something. It was Chuck Balpe that saved me from having those houses built. You know, all the, all the covered bridge or whatever you want to call it, up here in the corner? Mm -hmm. Well, it was through Chuck Balpe that uh, things were, they wanted to, how can I say this? They wanted to put a new street in at this end of the hill and they wanted to come out between our house and the next door neighbor. Oh, right? a road right there? They wanted to put a road there. Well, Art and I, we went to the township about it and they talked and talked and would have put me on, a pit, on an island. On a pit. Would yeah. have been Hanson, Prince Frederick and the New Street. That's right, you would have been completely so isolated. So fortunately it meant our way. Anything else you want to tell us about growing up and living around in this area? Well, I remember the old days when there used to be the old entrance to the emergency room at Bryn Mawr Hospital. Okay. And I remember hearing the men talk about how they hated that because they had a hard time trying to get the ambulance in there. Do you remember uh, there used to be those posts? That's right. So, And uh, once in a while, I think they got a little bump on those and pillars. And now, of course, they've changed it to a much better entrance. Mm -hmm. Did you spend a lot of time at the ambulance? Oh, uh -huh. I was raising four children, Ed. How could I spend time down there? Oh, you must I have worked been here busy. at home. That's my office down there in the corner. You must have been very busy with four Extremely. children. And Extremely. Still, and still working for the ambulance. Volunteer. The I was never a paid person. Do you have anything else you want to tell us about? Any other memories? I was always very happy that David Freeman, who lives down the street, uh, he made that new sign or emblem that's on the outside of all the police the, vehicles. The township and logo. Yes. And he's quite a painter, you know. Yes, I do know. Yeah. Well, I've known Dorothy, of course, for Doris. I've known her for a long, long time. She's very active in the township. Yes, especially where the library, well, she was very active where the library was concerned and very active with junior high and that sort of thing. And I am hoping, if they're, are they building a new swimming club I at don't the junior know. high pool? Yes, they are at the at the middle school. Well, the one major thing that was wrong with that was ingress and egress. 
because it was things were built into the wall or something which made it very difficult to get in and out to of get the in pool. And get out of the pool and I took the course for adults or seniors or whatever you call it and uh, I went to that a couple times mm -hmm. but I know I used to slip inside and I finally bought myself a pair of those rubber slip things oh, like okay. shoes to yeah. wear while in the pool well I got out of there and you slipped anyway because oh, no, the thing was wet on the floor, and uh, I was scared to death I was going to have a fall. So let me see. I'm sure there's many things I could talk about. Anything you want to. I know that uh, I, I often uh, envy folks like, uh, like you because my, my father was in the Army, and we traveled around all the time I was growing up. Um, and so I, I have never lived in one place as long as you've lived here. And I always thought that even though there might be some problems, uh, that that was a great comfort to always live and be a part of the same community. Yeah. Well, I like Upper Marion. There's no... Oh, when Ron Wagaman was first got his job up here as township manager, he called me up one day. And I said to him, Ron, what can I do for you? Pat, will you take me down and show me the inside of the ambulance building? So sure enough, we ended down there, and I took Ron in, and he showed, he saw the whole inside of the ambulance building. Well, you certainly look happy and healthy and uh, like Thank you're you. just full of life. Well, you must be doing something, right? He does all the food shopping. He does. I can't do anything. And I can't walk very far because I'm scared to death of getting another ulcer on the mm -hmm. floor of the feet. So I haven't been, I didn't go to a single ambulance meeting last year. And I don't like that. But there's nothing much I can do about it. Yeah. When I was younger and we were back in Wilkes-Barre, my father's surgical offices were in our home. Oh. And we had his, my father's office and the nurse's desk, and three treatment rooms. And I can remember that there were a couple that came in there for the blood test because they were getting married. So the gal went through it fine, and the fella, he took one look at that needle, passed out cold <laughs> on, the, on the floor. That I, seems like a natural fit for you to be involved in the ambulance service. Well, Since your dad was a, a doctor. Is, you're thinking like I think. Yeah. So, but there was, uh, when my parents got divorced, that was, I was 13 and a half. And the way we found out about it was my sister and I were traveling on a bus. And the girls in the front, in front of us were talking about it. Oh, my goodness. So that's how we heard. We didn't know a thing about it. So then, and my father used to play golf at the Iron Temple Country Club. And he, we were there one time attending it and just standing, and I opened my mouth and spoke. Not much, just a sentence or two. And, hush, Pat, hush. You're not supposed to talk when you're playing golf. So, oh. of course, I got reprimanded because I talked and I didn't realize I 
should be quiet. And then there was another time too when we were out for dinner. Of course, my father, oh, at, at uh, holiday times, a lot of these people would pay him with baked goods. Well, let's see, my older sister was born in 1927, and the younger sister was born in 1936. Oh, we went through the flood, the 1936 flood up there in Wilkes-Barre. Oh, that was the big one. Yes. Yes, and when that happened, my father had a chauffeur that drove him around on his calls because he made house calls galore at that time. And then people would start, he had two to, two to four in the afternoon and seven to eight as far as his house calls were concerned. And he had a man that drove him around right, because he had medical bags and all sorts of stuff he carried with him all the time. So he said, we were in the middle of that flood. So my husband asked the chauffeur to go downstairs and check on the furnace. Well, that man got two steps down to the cellar and swish, the water was up that high to the, to the house. And we had big rowboats tied to a big tree outside our I can prove this too, I have pictures. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and then the second flood I guess would be Agnes. That's right. That was another one they had up there. Oh, I have the book of pictures on the, on the 36th Agnes flood. wasn't until the 70s, right? I'd have to look that up, Ed, I'm not too yeah. sure. But I don't have any books on that. I just know I have the one on the 36th. But at one time I had an uncle this is the uncle that had given me away when I got married. And <clears throat> anyway, uh, let's see what happened next. Oh, he died in 1977. And it was just something all the time. So I don't know, but oh, I can remember him yelling when he lost his Footing on the step, the water, oh. of course, they had to shut down the furnace. Sure, of course. All sorts of stuff. Oh, there was a Geiler book, archive oh. book, and that got lost in that flood. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. And then after he, my mother and father separated and he got married and all, he and his wife lived on South Franklin Street in Wilkes-Barre. And who also is from Wilkes-Barre, you know, is Bill Shutter. I didn't know I that. Think, I think his parents are from Wilkes-Barre. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I remember when we were going through the Second World War, we were rationed on sugar, I think, and butter and things like that. And uh, that was very well controlled. You didn't get more than you were supposed to get. That's it for this edition of Remember When. If you would like to make a suggestion, or comment on this program, please use the following contact information. Thanks for watching. Until next time, and always remember when.